Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. Good morning. So fun to have a packed house here this morning. Thank you to all of you up in the balcony, man. How's, how's the weather up there? Awesome. So glad you're here. Uh, we're in a series that's called Stuck in the Visitor Center. You're familiar with the national parks. You're familiar with um, going to uh, the national parks, exploring, experiencing. And really the, the heartbeat of this series is that we see Sunday mornings as a visitor center, so to speak. And some people just kind of get stuck in church, coming to church week after week. But that's it. That's the uh, extent of your engagement, participation, involvement. And like the National Park, there is so much more for you. And so I want you to imagine for a moment, if I told you I went to Yellowstone, but I didn't see Old Faithful. I just Stayed in the visitor center because it was warm. There were some awesome postcards in there of Old Faithful. And I bought a few of those and sent them to some of my family and friends. But I said, I never, I never experienced Old Faithful. You said, yeah, you haven't been to Yellowstone. You, you, wait, what? How about if I went to Yosemite? And I never, never was able to see Half Dome. I just got stuck in the visitor center and went, it's, um, it's like the coziest visitor center ever. It's amazing. In fact, their lattes in the visitor center are, are the best. You'd say, John, what's wrong with you? Or what if I went to Glacier and never, ever explored that going to the Sun Road? You've been there? The going to the Sun Road is spectacular. If you go to Glacier, that, you have to go on that road of the going to the Sun. And this is the kind of stuff you see. But if I said, no, it's the number one visitor center in America. It, I mean, the T-shirt that I got in that visitor center, it's just, I'm rocking it, man. It's amazing. You'd say, there's something wrong with you. What about Zion? You go to Zion and you don't get to the Narrows? That hike up through the water in those big cavernous, it's, it's, but I said, no, 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 I didn't get, I didn't get there. I was too busy. I was too busy just hanging out in the visitor center. You'd say there's something wrong with me or Arches National Park. Three years ago, right now, I was with eight guys in Arches. This is a photo of me actually in the Arches, enjoying it, exploring it. But if I said to you, no, 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 we actually never saw an arch. But man, we saw some amazing posters. I have a poster in my office of arches. I actually have never seen it live. Do you get the point? Maybe for some of you, this is like holding up a mirror. And you're the one that's going, I I am. I'm stuck in the visitor center. This sermon series is designed to help you, nudge you, encourage you. 
uh, maybe even push you out of the visitor center to experience what it means to, to know Christ. Not know about Him, to know Him personally, intimately. To, to know what a life is like where you live generously, where you love well, where you take risks, where it's a little bit messy because God's kingdom is messy. Church is messy. People. You know, we always say, I'm going to be with pastors next week in Denver at a conference, and when I get together with my pastor's friends, we always say, you know, church would be awesome if it weren't for the people, you know. It, because relationships are messy. So we're going to talk this morning, we're in this series, Stuck in the Visitor Center. We're looking at three words, connect, grow, serve. How do I connect at Ocean Hills? We talked about that last week. This morning we're going to look at grow. And before we talk about how do I grow, that's actually next week. This week is why. Why should I grow? Why should I grow? So close your eyes for a moment. Right where you are, wherever you are. Some of you are, are, are growing. Some of you are like, I don't even know what that means. Some of you are, are here just kind of investigating, seeking. That's great. You're welcome here. Just close your eyes for one moment, wherever you are, and invite God to speak to you and help you understand today in a fresh way what it means to grow. Amen. So now open your eyes. Why grow? I want you to meet Dylan. Dylan's 35 years old. Actually, he's 59 years old. Dylan still poops his pants. <laughs> and we clean up after Dylan. Dylan still cries. And we feed Dylan. Dylan makes a mess. We clean up after Dylan. Dylan fusses. And we do this. We, we cater to Dylan. And it's normal and natural because Dylan's five months old. We developmentally understand that a baby, it's okay to poop your pants. But when you're 59, it's not. It's okay to cry that you're not getting your way when you're this age. Feed me, feed me, I'm hungry. But when you're 25, that's not okay anymore. Yeah. Right? See? Cries, and I'm like, all right, Mom, you ready? So I want you to think about... We have two chairs here on the platform this morning. Which one, when I have lunch this afternoon, should I sit in? Which one would be most appropriate for you to sit in this morning when you have lunch? And why? 
If you saw me sitting in this chair, you would say, he's creepy, he's weird, there's something different, this is like not normal, this is unhealthy, dysfunctional, right? All of those things, like, whoa. I went into this restaurant and I saw a 59-year-old guy sitting in a high chair. What's wrong with this picture? Today we're looking at the topic of why grow up spiritually, emotionally. And we're going to look at that this morning in the scriptures. I want to invite you to be willing to press deeper into this message as I'm speaking. My prayer is you wouldn't be defensive. I'm not here to shame anybody. I'm not even here to make anybody feel guilty. I'm here not to tell you that you're bad or even that something's wrong with you. I'm here to tell you that something's missing in your life. And I got that line. I had lunch with a guy named Graham Cook on Friday. I just met him. And we were talking about spiritual growth. And he said, and I just, it was such a, a sweet soundbite. He just said, you know, it's not that something's bad. It's that something's missing. Now just think about that. I'm going to share with you five signs that you might be a spiritual baby. You could get defensive. You could shut down. You could make excuses. I want you to hear, it's not that there's something bad about you, it's that there's something missing in your life. And, and, and all five of these, they're, they're, one of them's going to touch you. And me, by the way. I'm, I'm still growing, becoming. But let me give you five signs that you might be a spiritual baby. And the reason is because churches across America are filled with 25, 35, 55, 75-year-old spiritual babies, people that have not grown up emotionally, spiritually, relationally, intellectually, this kind of holistic growth. And, and God's dream for you and for me is that we would live a better story, a bigger story. That God dreams for you to, to, to live your best story, which is to love everyone always. And when you are unable to do that, if you press deeper in, there are some reasons that people aren't capable or able to love well. And so as I share these signs, rather than maybe get resistant, let your prayer be, Lord, what, what is it in me? That, that's me. He's talking to me this morning. That one's me. And then the question becomes, so God, have your way in me. Grow me up. Help me to grow up. I don't want to look in the mirror and see a baby. I want to look in the mirror and see a person that's growing. Growing in love. Growing in character and integrity. Growing up and becoming the man, the woman that God dreams for us to become. So let's jump into these five signs. Number one sign that you might be a spiritual baby is I expect you to feed me. I expect you to feed me. 
See, in churches across America, we have people that complain and whine, I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. And then what do we do? We jump from church to church to church to church. I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. Here's what I want you to think about using the baby metaphor. Who? Is it a baby, a teenager, an adult that cries and complains, feed me? It's a baby. Babies cry when they're hungry and say, feed me, feed me, feed me, because they're incapable of feeding themselves. Teenagers, you know, you get to be 10, I don't know, maybe even 5. But as you grow up and mature, you learn to feed yourself. That's actually a sign of maturity. You learn to feed yourself. You learn to go into the refrigerator and you can pull something out and you learn how to make a bowl of cereal or whatever it is. You learn to feed yourself. And then as you even mature more and grow up, what happens? You learn to feed others. That's what we would call a spiritual adult. So a sign that you might be a spiritual baby is you're sitting here this morning and you're going, I actually don't know how to feed myself spiritually. I don't know how to nourish my spiritual life. Again, no shame, no guilt, but can we just say that stops now, today? As a church, we want to actually equip you and help you learn how to feed yourself so that you can not be a 35-year-old baby, but you can grow up and nourish, and grow, and actually not just stop. It doesn't stop right there. It's then, now I'm going to learn to feed others, right? When you begin feeding others, you know that you're becoming that person that God dreams for you to become. Hebrews chapter 6 in the message, I love this. So come on! Let's leave the the preschool finger-painting exercises on Christ. And let's get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. There's an admonishment, a challenge there. The metaphor of artwork, and we're like finger-painting still. And he's saying, God God made you to be Picasso, man. You, You got so much more in you. So grow up. Second sign, you might be a spiritual baby. You're still pooping in your pants relationally. You're stinking up your relationships. You're making a mess of your most important relationships, your family, your friendships, your workplace. What does that mean? People walk on eggshells around you because you have a temper. They're afraid of you blowing up because they've seen it and it's kind of scary to be around. You kind of think it's powerful and it's nice to be in control. It's immature. It's controlling. It's a sign of being a spiritual baby, infant. You're still stinking up relationships around. You don't want to go through life. People are like, I mean, when that baby right here, Dylan, if that baby pooped his pants right now, you'd be like, that's cute for about 10 seconds. Then you'd be like, nice to know you. I don't really want to hang out with you anymore, right? Nobody wants to hang around people that smell, stink. Relationally, that's what happens when we live and we're abrasive. We're defensive. We're people that demand our own way. We're unforgiving. We have a chip on our shoulder. We walk through life resentful and bitter, rude, 
We've all been around those kinds of people. In fact, we all have been that man, that woman. And God says it's, it's time to get beyond the diapers spiritually. It's time to grow up. That's not healthy. It's not normal. Now, let me just say, there's nothing wrong with a person. There's nothing bad about a person that relationally is unhealthy. There's a reason. You know, there's that phrase, hurting people hurt people. But if that's you, press deeper. Why why am I noticing that my family is backing away from me, leaning back when I am around? Why are they not wanting to show up? Why are they distancing themselves? Why am I always in conflict with my daughter? Why, if that's you, it's okay. We don't have to be defensive about that. Growing up is just taking a peek under the hood and saying, what's going on in me that I'm this way? God, I invite you to do some healing. God, I invite you to shine your spotlight where my hurt is, where my wounds are. Luke 2, 52, just tells us a little bit about Jesus. Jesus grew in wisdom, which means skillful living, by the way. That word wisdom doesn't mean he, he became smart intellectually. It's, it's skillful at living. He grew in stature, that's physically. In favor with God, that's spiritually. And all the people, that's relationally. He was healthy. He was a life-giving friend, colleague. And I just would say this. I know this might sound crazy to some of you, but maybe you grew up in a family where you didn't learn what it was like to, to be healthy relationally. But there are rules, principles about being in relationship with others. If you read the New Testament and you just look at the life of Jesus, you just follow Jesus, you learn how to live. You get better at living. You follow Jesus and you look at the way he treated people. Just follow that. Not rocket science, but there are principles and guidelines about what it means to grow up spiritually and relationally. So let's jump to the third one. The third sign you might be a spiritual baby is me, mine, and my way. Babies are all about me and mine and my way. I mean, their world is a very small world. Listen to this passage out of 1 Corinthians 3. But for now, friends, I'm completely frustrated by your unspiritual dealings with each other. Isn't that interesting? We don't know what those are at that moment, but the, your unspiritual dealings with each other. Maybe another way to say that is your immature dealings with each other and with God. Look at, look at the next line. You're acting like what? Infants in relation to Christ, capable of nothing much more than nursing at the breast. Well then, I'll nurse you since you don't seem capable of anything more. Now listen to this next line. As long as you grab for what makes you feel good. There's a sign right there of spiritual infancy. 
grabbing for just what makes me feel good or what makes you look important. That's a sign I'm a spiritual baby if I'm just trying to look important to everybody. Only doing what makes me feel good. Then it says, are you really much different than a babe at the breast? And then look at this last phrase, content only when everything's going your way. Whew. I know that speaks to most of us. Content only when things are going my way. I don't want to be that way. You don't want to be that way. But it's this self-absorbed selfishness. The Bible says you're like a baby. You're like an infant. You're spiritually, emotionally immature when you expect others to cater to you all the time, to serve you all the time. That's what we do for babies. So let me ask you a hard question. Those of you that are in relationship, those of you that are in small groups, when was the last time you actually engaged and were interested in somebody else's life issues? You actually cared. You didn't make it about you. But you actually were following up. Remember we talked about that last week, that we follow up with people when they share a burden, a struggle, and you come back around and you go, hey, you know, I wanted to check in with you. How, how is that going? Right? There are some people that always are in drama mode. There are people in this church I've known for 10, 15 years. Every time I connect with them, it's drama. It's like there's always a problem. And, and, and I want to I I just say, okay, are we going to just keep doing this for the next 20 years? When are you going to start caring for other people? Because you live your life demanding that others just care about you. And there's a, there, of course there's a season for that. Of course everybody goes through times when you need help, you need support, you need others. But my question is, when does that flip for you? When do you shift out of baby mode and you grow up and start becoming a life-giving friend who, who actually is concerned and cares about others. The fourth sign you might be a spiritual baby is, this is going to push on some of you, but we'll just go for it, because that's what we do here, right? Uh-oh, it's about to get real. <clears throat> You're a lifer Christian, but you've never discipled anyone. What? You've been going to church your whole life. but you've never discipled or mentored anyone spiritually. Hebrews chapter 5, listen to these words. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Stop right there. You've been a believer so your whole life. You ought to be teaching others. But what does it say? Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like what? Babies. Oh, it stings. It stings. Who need milk and cannot eat solid food. I'm going to bet right now that everybody in this auditorium 
everybody in this auditorium can teach somebody else something. You can teach somebody else how to tie their shoes. I know you can. You can teach somebody else how to read. You can teach somebody else how to fish, how to cook, how to do laundry, how to, you just fill in the blank. Everybody in this room has taught somebody else how to do something. The most important thing that we can teach somebody else is, according to Scripture, is to follow Christ, to become His disciple. And yet, again, churches, I, I'll be with pastors next week, and we, when we get together, we talk about people that have been Christians for 10, 20, 50 years or like, they've never spiritually mentored or discipled another person. They're still babies spiritually. What are we waiting for? That's my challenge. What are you waiting for? We're here to help you. If that's you, I want you to call me or email me. I'll start a group, How to Disciple Other People. I will, and Jono will too, right? We'll do that together. (laughs) See how it works around here? (laughs) Self-initiating, reproducing, wholehearted followers of Jesus. That's our goal. That's our priority. That's that's what this gathering's about. We want to help you become self-initiating. We're not going to plan a program for you to attend. You self-initiate. Who is God bringing across my path? Who's God bringing into my world that I could pour into, that I could walk alongside and help take their next step spiritually, relationally, emotionally? Who might God be leading, prompting, stirring in my heart to reach out to, to mentor, to be a spiritual friend to, to have conversations with? See, self-initiating, reproducing. Somebody has poured into you, now it's your turn to pour into somebody else. You reproduce. Dawson McAllister, the famous navigator guy who started Navigators, He wrote a book called Born to Reproduce. That's why you were born, to reproduce into another person. Okay, let me get to the last one, then we're done. And it's just simply that you're a spectator, not a player. You're a spectator. Babies are spectators. They're not playing A-Y-S-O yet, because they're babies. But at some point, You get old enough and you're like, it's time to get in the game. Aren't you tired of sitting in the stands? It's time to play. Ephesians chapter 4, listen to these words. So Christ himself gave apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? Why did God give the church pastors and evangelists and prophets? Why? To equip or to train his people for what? To sit on the bench doesn't say that. For works of service. For works of service. For works of service. So that the body of Christ, the family of God, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That means becoming like him. Verse 14, then we will no longer be what? Infants. Do you see the language threaded through the New Testament? Babies, infancy. And it's begging, urging, nudging, stirring in us to grow up. Time to get in the game for some of you. You're in the visitor center. You're stuck in the visitor center. You come. It's great. We love having you here. We want you to keep coming. But you're missing out. You're missing out on so much more. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says this. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I, what? Say it out loud. Grew up. What'd you do? I put away childish things. When I grew up, I put away childish things. which are the things we talked about here this morning, signs that you might be a spiritual baby. It's time to put the, whatever that it might be away. And you can't do that by yourself. You need God's help. Many of you know Simon Dixon right here. Simon and I are in a men's group, and a few months ago, you, Simon, said this, and man, I wrote it down. I thought it was so simple but so profound. Here's what Simon said. I don't need God's help. To stay the same. That is so true. I don't need God's help to stay the same. And neither do you. And so this morning, I am going to invite the band to come on up. I'm going to have you pray with me. Which of the five signs, just where you are, in your heart, are you saying, you know what? I, I, I sense the Spirit of God doing the work of God in my heart, saying, this is the area. I'm still kind of a baby. I'm still pooping my diaper. I'm still crying and complaining and, and feed me. What, what, which is it for you? Me, me, me. So this morning, right where you're seated, if, you're, if there's any inkling of a desire in your heart to say, I, I want to grow up spiritually and emotionally. I don't want to be emotionally or spiritually immature. If today you're going, I, I, I'm ready. I want to. The, the word is become. That's like needs to be our favorite word as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. We're all becoming. If you're at a place this morning, you're going, no, I'm good. I'm fine. If you're like this woman, when I was 22 years old, I worked with a woman who was 35, and we came to an impasse about an issue, and she said this to me. I'm 35 years old, and I'm stuck in my ways, and I'm not changing. If somebody's going to change, it's going to be you, John. I wonder if there's somebody in here that thinks that way. I don't need to grow up. I'm fine the way I am. 
If that's you, I'm going to invite you to just stay in your seat. But if you're in a place where you're going, I want, I want to grow up, I want you to stand up. If you're ready to say, I want to keep growing, I want you to stand. You don't have to, but if you're going, I actually do, I want to grow up. I want to become a new person, a different person. I want to mature. I want to become a more loving, forgiving, patient, kind, generous person. Right? Put your hand on your heart. Right here, right now, Lord, we, we just say, have have your way in us. Do something special, supernatural, significant in our hearts this morning. Help us to grow up. Help John Ireland to grow up. To become the man that you want me to become. The husband, the father, the friend, the pastor. And God, shine your spotlight in those areas of my life that are killing me and, and, and killing others around me. And God, show me where I'm immature. Show me where I'm hurting others and might not even be aware of it. I don't need you to stay the same, but I don't want to stay the same. I want to grow. I want to change. I want to be transformed. But I know I can't do it without your unfailing love touching me in those deep places where there's wounds and hurts. And so today, would you heal? Would you help? Would you touch? Would you transform every heart in this room that, that has a hand on their heart? May that be your hand, your touch, and may your healing come so that we might live a bigger story, a better story, and become men and women that love everyone always. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.